0: Welcome to the channel of Anna Purdue. Look for the link below the podcast to make sure to follow for future podcasts. And the link below this podcast is going to direct you to your favorite listening studio, which includes Apple, Spotify, and Google. Once you open the link, scroll over either the Apple, Spotify, or Google button and select your favorite platform. So once you get there, look for the channel Anna Purdue. And I want to give a huge thank you to Angela E., Karen C., Daniel B., Jolie R., Kristen S., Rodney T., and Leonard L. for your donations to the channel this month. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Since, As many of you know, since PayPal has permanently suspended my account because of this content, um, future donations can be accepted at the stripe.com link found below the description box or by clicking the donation link found on my website at annapurdue.com. And another way to support this channel is by making purchases of the Patriot products found on the same website, annapurdue.com. History Heist website tells of a chilling account behind the Pied Piper of Hamelin. If you watch enough horror movies, sooner or later, you'll hear a character utter a variation on the phrase, every legend has a basis in fact. Whether or not that statement is true... It is a fact that many of our most outlandish fables and fictions are rooted at least somewhat in actual history, and that truth often is stranger than fiction, and somewhere along the line, we have to pay the piper. Chances are, most of us have encountered some variation on this fairy tale of the Pied Piper of Hamelin, it is one of the many folk tales recorded by the Brothers Grimm and has appeared in the writings of Robert Browning and Johann Wolfgang von Goth. Not to mention it's worked its way into popular culture from l- movies like A Nightmare on Elm Street or the novel Peter and Max to the TV show Lost Girl. Well, the story generally goes... That the town of Hamlin was plagued by an unusual number of rats and a stranger from out of town wearing multicolored or piped clothing showed up and offered to get rid of the rats in exchange for payment. The stranger then produced a flute or a pipe and began playing a tune, at which time all the rats in town followed him out through the gates of the city and either to a nearby mountain or into the river, depending upon which version you listened to or read. So, when the townsfolk saw how easily the Piper had rid the town of rats, they regretted the amount that they'd offer him and they reneged on their deal. The Piper vowed revenge and later, according to one brother's grim account, it was on June 26th of 1284. He returned and once more walked through the town playing his pipe this time all the town's children a hundred and thirty according to one of the earliest written accounts of the event followed him out through the town's east gate and up to the nearby mountain which in most accounts opened wide to swallow them up and they disappeared never to be seen again this story is a familiar one what But what most of us don't know is that this had its feet at least somewhat planted in an apparently true event that took place in the real-life town of Hamelin, Germany, in 1284. The earliest accounts of the story don't include the rats, which wouldn't show up until around the year 1559 anyway, but they do include the piper dressed in his clothing of many colors. Our first clue about what really happened in the town of Hamelin comes from a stained glass window that stood in the town's market church until it was destroyed in 1660. Accounts of the stained glass say that it alluded to some tragedy involving children and a recreation, or a recreation of the window shows the Piper in his colorful clothes and several children dressed in white. The date is set by an entry in Hamelin's Town Chronicle, which was dated 1384 and said simply and chillingly, It is a hundred years since our children left. While there is not enough historical data to ascertain for certain what happened in the town of Hamelin in 1284, there is little doubt that something occurred there which left a heavy mark on the town and on the world folklore. Theories advanced over the years include that many of the town's children died of natural causes that year or possibly drowned in the nearby river or were killed in a landslide. This would explain the recurring motive of the rats being led into the water or the mountain opening up and swallowing the children. The Pied Piper himself is considered a symbolic figure of death. One other explanation is that the children may have died of the Black Plague, which could be why the rats were later added into the story, though the Black Plague didn't hit Germany until the 1300s, making its arrival probably too late to be the source of this legend. Other theorists hold that the story of the Pied Piper actually refers to a mass immigration or even another children's crusade, like the one that may have occurred in 1212. Many individuals have posited that the children may have immigrated or even been sold to places in Eastern Europe, including Transylvania or Poland. Linguist Jurgen Udolf has performed research suggesting that surnames from Hamlin may have found their way into modern-day Polish phone books. Whatever the facts of the story, it is far from forgotten in the town of Hamelin. In the 16th century, when a new gate was built in the wall around the town, it was inscribed with the following legend. In the year 1556, 272 years after the magician led 130 children out of the town, this portal was erected. Today, the town of Hamlin, which is now home to a population of around 56,000, maintains information about the legend of the Pied Piper on its website, and during the summer months, actors perform interpretations of the story in the town square. The road along which the children supposedly passed on their way out of the East Gate, never to be seen again, is called the Bungle-Ausen-Strauss, or Street Without Drums. According to an article published in the 14 Times, it is against the law to play music or dance on the street to this very day. Besides an example of varying takes on the specifics of the legend, this is also an example of how the Pied Piper story has entered into our everyday lexicon. While it has been connected to the longer phrase who pays the piper calls the tune, meaning that whoever is footing the bill for something gets to decide how it's done, the idiom pay the piper is generally linked with the legend of the Pied Piper of Hamelin. To pay the piper is usually defined as a pay a debt that you owe or else face unsavory consequences and, and in its idiomatic, goes back at least as far as 1831 in the United States. Interesting to note that on March 19, 1831, in the dark of the night, the Citibank, precursor of Citibank, and they're spelled... One is spelled just like it sounds, city, C-I-T-Y, bank, and the other is, as we know it today, C-I-T-I, bank, all one word. And it was on Wall Street, and they robbed this bank for $245,000, which is equivalent to $6 million in today's money. And the robbers were James Honeyman, and he was a career grifter who used the alias Edward James and his accomplice, William Murray, are there pie pipers even today? Are they playing alluring music to lead to their own destruction, those who listen and follow? These pipers pipe the tunes of pride and pleasure, of selfishness and greed, and leave in their wake confused minds, troubled hearts, empty lives, and destroyed dreams. One such person who fits this bill is William Avery, they called him Devil Bill Rockefeller Sr. He was born November 13, 1810, and he died May 11, 1906. He was an American businessman, lumberman, herbalist, salesman, and con artist who went by the alias of Dr. William Livingston. He worked as a lumberman and then a traveling salesman who identified himself as a botanic physician, and he sold elixirs. He was known to buy and sell horses, and was also known at one point to have bought a barge load of salt in Syracuse. Land speculation was another one of his businesses, and the selling of elixirs served to keep him with cash and helped in his scouting of land deals. He loaned money to farmers at 12%, but tried to only lend to farmers who couldn't pay so this way he could foreclose and take their farms. Two of his sons were Standard Oil co-founders, John Davidson Rockefeller Sr. and William Avery Rockefeller Jr. His son John learned the tricks of the trade from his ruthless dad. A report known as the Flexner Report was a very useful tool commissioned by oil magnate John D. Rockefeller. Rockefeller had made a massive fortune with Standard Oil and was setting his sights on gaining a monopoly in the drug and pharmaceutical industry. However, first, he had to get rid of the competition, which consisted of natural, non-allopathic healing modalities, which are naturopathy, homopathy, eclectic medicine, which is botanical and herbal medicine, holistic medicine, and all the other good stuff that god gave us hemp was another um, treatment that was a threat to his plans since cannabis does have tremendous medical benefit for alleviating pain for numerous diseases and even has anti-cancer properties how did rockefeller deal with this well he did this by the means of the flexner report Rockefeller paid Abraham Abraham Flexner to visit all the medical schools in the United States at that time. He released the so-called Flexner Report in 1910, which called for the standardization of medical education and concluded there were too many doctors and medical schools in America. Rockefeller then used his control of the media to generate public outcry at the findings of the report, which, by means of the classic elite strategy of problem-reaction-solution, ultimately led Congress to declare the American Medical Association the only body with the right to grant medical school licenses in the United States. This suited Rockefeller perfectly. He then used the AMA, known today as the American Murder Association, due to their widespread use and endorsement of toxic materials, drugs, chemotherapy, and radiation, and their power to compel the government to destroy the natural competition, which it did through regulating medical schools. With all the hundreds of different healing modalities out there, why would we want to narrow it down to one system if we were truly interested in health? After the Flexner report, the AMA only endorsed schools with a drug-based curriculum. It didn't take long before non-allopathic schools fell by the wayside due to the lack of funding. The son of a snake oil salesman, John Rockefeller, now had his monopoly on drugs and big pharma. As a result, the Rockefeller Medicine Machine was born. And this monopoly has only grown bigger and more terrible since, now routinely bribing doctors to prescribe their toxic and side-effect-laden pills, not to mention their autism-causing childhood-routine snake pricks. Rockefeller and his bogus Flexner report has made the AMA and Big Pharmakia the key aspects of the New and the World and the Order. In the Bible, sorcery literally means to use drugs. The sorcery of Babylon is just another reference to the drunkenness that is caused by Babylon's fornication, worship of other gods and idols. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth. For by thy sorceries, pharmakia, were all nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. This is Revelation 18, verses 23 through 24. I say, look it up. This morning, I received the sad news, and this was forwarded on Telegram by Misty G, and it reads, And also, I want to let you know, I want this to be dedicated to this woman. Um, I've, My heart's... My whole day's been ruined when I read this post by Misty G. It reads, Veronica Walski was a fierce patriot who will be truly missed. She dedicated her life to spreading the truth. She would always say if only one person saw her signs, that was one more person potentially saved. We will never stop fighting for you. May you rest in peace. Veronica Wolski. This sad news comes on the heels of a post circulated on Telegram last night which was the e- evening of September the 12th by a user with the handle of dawning of a new day and it reads We need digital soldiers to get this out please post everywhere regarding Veronica who does banners on the people's bridge in Chicago the hospital that she is in is killing her They are not giving her necessary life-saving meds that I'm not allowed to mention on this platform. But we know what they are. This message came from the individual who holds Veronica's medical power of attorney. Urgent. Emergency. Veronica was stable yesterday and was going to receive a feeding tube over 24 hours ago. She has not received enough nutrients and has taken an extreme turn for the worst. We have a team in place, including a private ambulance, to transport her. They are delaying hospice or releasing her from the hospital. We don't have that kind of time. She is declining due to a lack of medical treatment and nutrients. We are left with no Option than to alert the public and request your assistance as we are trying to save Veronica's life. Her advocate just had to call the police department from the hospital. Make calls, be loud and be heard. And just so you know, many of us followed those directions and we tried desperately and we called repeatedly the resurrection hospital in Chicago to try to have our voices heard, only to be transferred to an automated recording that Veronica Wolski was under her doctor's care. Um, I was furious. The plea for her life continued. This is a last resort. Patriots, help us fight for Veronica. We can't let them get away with this. Please help us get their attention. Her advocate is standing outside of the hospital to field questions right now. It seems the piper is calling on those of the American Murder Association to pay up. This I experienced personally on a personal level. I prayed for Veronica all night. Uh, we're, we're in trouble, folks. We're in some serious trouble. The deep yearning of countless numbers is expressed in the plea of one who spoke to Philip of Old in Acts 8.31. How can I find my way except some man should guide me? The world is in need of your help today. Satan and his minions have created a world without God, and too many youths do not get sufficient guidance at home to root our young people in the rock of salvation. They are easily blown with every wind of doctrine and don't know where to find the truth. There are feet to steady, hands to grasp, minds to encourage, hearts to inspire, and souls to save. In spite of the piper calling us to join him, we can choose to refuse. It is up to each of us to protect our children and our children's children to avoid this flashy colored thief that parades through towns selling their snake oil and deadly venom.